Welcome to the ODA Magazine podcast series. We at ODA wanted to give you the opportunity to dive even deeper into the worlds of the people we get to spend time with. By creating podcasts featuring conversations with creatives and entrepreneurs in all different areas of artistry. From designers, curators, and actors, to philanthropists, models, singers, and photographers. The one through line for each of the podcasts in this series is that they highlight the work of individuals from around the world who participate in and nourish culture and the conversations they inspire. Our guests discuss how they see the future, hopefully one filled with diversity, equality, understanding, and of course, passion. ODA is a platform where self-expression, imagination, and dreams are brought to the next level and shared with those looking to be inspired. To mark the occasion of the launch of Odo Korea, we reached out to our cover star, supermodel Soo Joo, to speak with Yoon, the Korean co-founder and creative director of the Tokyo-based label Ambush. These two artists discuss everything from Korean culture and their representation of minorities in the fashion industry to how to stay creative during a pandemic and reflect on life in general in the new normal. The conversation was curated by the founder of Oda, David Martin. Hi, Anni. How are you? Good. How's New York? Um, New York just, I mean, this weekend was a beautiful weekend. Yeah. Um, I think like around 12.45 p.m., like I just stepped out and like heard all these people outside on their balcony, like cheering or like banging on their pots. Yeah. And then like, oh my God, is this for real? Like, did we, did we make it? And um, yeah. And then everyone was celebrating and um, I, I walked by, I didn't partake just because I'm a little bit weird about social distancing. Yeah. But um, yeah, I can't believe it. It happened. It, we, we, I don't know. Wait, are you, you have an American citizenship or? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Absentee? Um, I don't want to talk about <laughs> politics, but I, I do have to say like, you know, um, I think it's a good thing that, that Trump is out. But at the same time, I was quite surprised that it was 70 million people still voted for him after seeing what happened. It just taught me something about the human nature and like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just interesting like what's happening. But for sure, I think, you know, it's, it's a positive change. And I'm, I'm excited that that little bit of insanity out the window, you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But um, so I don't know if you saw, but we just re- uh, Oda Magazine is launching their Korean like channel, a uh, Korean like issue separately. Yeah. And so, I saw that. Yeah, I saw it on the Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Horrible. we got it back in April and then it just got released. And I guess it's going to be out um, in s- some select places. But I, uh, they asked, you know, if I can talk to someone within the industry that's like Korean. And I was like, obviously you, (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, I know that we're both like Korean American and we're fully Korean. And I know that like sometimes, um, sometimes Korean people are like, oh, that's not Korean, but I really feel like in my blood that I am Korean, you know? And I was born in Seoul and where were you born? Seoul. Yeah, see? Yeah. (laughs) And I know that you were um, moving around a lot as a child. So yeah. 
um, you you have a very pan ethnic background, I guess culturally. But um, I I don't know. I just wanted to emphasize like how important it is to feel like you belong somewhere. And for me, like being Korean is like a large part of my identity. Um, yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, being Korean, it's something. You know, I I've never hit it. Obviously, my name is still in Korean. You know, yeah. I didn't get English name or anything. Me but, too. My, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, like it's funny. Like I went through different phases. You know, and I think just I, you know, Korean Americans. Like a lot of them are born in that city. They grow up until they leave the the house. You know, <laughs> with their parents and everything. But whereas, like, my background is so different than a lot of Korean Americans. I'm not like boxing everyone into you know similar um, background. But I definitely, mine was very unique in a way that you know I moved around a lot, and also like I lived in you know all like mostly Caucasian like suburb. I didn't have many Asians in my school to what I was into personally when I was a kid, it was like way different than other, what Korean kids were into and stuff. So I, you know, I, I, I play my role in trying to like, you know, fit into the church scene. Like, you know, church is such a big, like a part of Korean culture in America and as well as like, you know, other interests that I had, but you know, at the end of the day, it was more, about me just trying to find what I like and I, I think in a way I, I was always kind of like rebellious so when yeah. everyone do something I'm like I, I kind of like turn away and and try you know totally different things so if all the girls have like all long black hair I'll just get the pixie cut like so I can yeah. like just to make it prove that I'm not one of you like I'm different than you kind of thing I mean in a very childish way back then but I always had had that kind of side of me. So, you know, I although I know I'm Korean American, I'm Asian, I know that stuff, but I never just kind of like relied on that. I always kind of tried to seek and like, like you know, go out in the world and yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I loved having different friends from different backgrounds, different race and all these things. And those things like really interest me because I just love people. I think people are really interesting with um and I was can like learn from them and things like that. So yeah, no, I I totally agree. Like when I was growing up, I well, I moved when I was ten to America, so mm -hmm. it was like a it was kind of a big culture shock for me. Even though, um, I mean, like I I just I think when I first moved, it was such a different world. I almost saw it as like okay, I have to leave that identity that I had behind and cultivate this new identity and at first I tried to like like you know blend in and then I when I was like 14 I started getting like really um unhappy about the the kind of like the humdrum of the suburban life for sure as yeah well. And um, then I kind of started questioning a lot of things and then wanted to learn more about like culture beyond like America and Americana. Yeah. And part of that was kind of looking back towards Korea as well. But I actually, from the time when I was 10 until I graduated high school, when I was 18, I didn't ever go back to Korea. And um, when I went back, it was like a completely different world. 
technology had like become such a main play like main thing in Korea yeah. and like I think you know like as as the as small as the country is like I think it like had the ability to like become like a center and like forefront of a lot of things like now you know like popular culture and like I see so many of these um I see a lot of like foreign people like who watch Korean drama like my French agent loves K, K drama and stuff yeah and like obviously it's very popular in China as well but like not only there but like Europe and US and I, it's kind of like I don't know I I mean I was already kind of learning to embrace and like learn more about my heritage when I was when I got older for sure but I think um it was it it had to become a process for me for sure because I was like I didn't and I had to kind of find my place yeah Yeah. I mean I you know thing about Korean people when they're into something like everyone gets on it and then and that like just multiplies and it just and it, and it just becomes like almost like a like self-powered like you know machine and i think that's you know what you see happen with like k-pop and all that stuff is part of that you know what i mean and i think the fact that they embrace technology like you said um which was like really good because they were so it, you know they they were embracing making like the best music videos and like upping on youtube and and just putting things on these platforms like kind of reached so many people yeah. i mean because if you go i mean you travel a lot and and as you know if you go into any hotel like you see like arirang like you know they yeah. sell that no but that's so i think that's so great because like you know now i live in japan and and i long i lived here long enough to tell you you know something about japan but like places the thing about the korean culture is you know they they love they kind of like they're proud of that and then they like they show it and then they talk about it and they celebrate it but when you like turn on like nhk in these hotels like they're still talking about like old things it's nothing new so yeah. it kind of shows like a like a cultural difference in a way that that Korea is always about being forward and anything new they were so good about embracing it and and just wanted to be part of it and and everyone gets obsessed with it and then because everyone's on it they get better at it you know what i mean and i think you know it's it's great like the attitude and the work ethics and all that stuff comes with it so yeah yeah you definitely feel like like being Korean, like you kind of learn to have like a different level of work work ethic. Yeah, I mean, because we always feel like we're like underdogs, and I think especially yeah. being Asian American, we feel like we had to like not only like prove ourselves, but we also have the parents' pressure to get good grades and all this stuff. I don't know how strict your parents were. My parents were pretty macho, so they didn't put like pressure on me, but still. You know, they're just, you know, they're pretty like, you know, um, do your best, but they don't never like get all A's or anything. But, you know, I, me being like, I think that's not a Korean thing. It's like me being the first child, I feel like I had to kind of like get the good grades, be the best one so that, that I can kind of show them that, hey, like, you know, you wor- worked hard for me, but here's my repay. Like, you know what I mean? Like we kind of have this like um, value system kind of like installed in us. So 
that definitely helped that kind of mentality and wanting to um do something not just for yourself but for your families you know just to make sure you 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 can like be in a place where you can take care of them and you know what i mean like just kind of like repay back to yeah yeah i i wonder if that's like an immigrant mindset yeah in general yeah i think so i definitely had that with my parents too like it i don't know like it it's so much about sacrifice mm. in our culture too so then you know, once I realized and I got old enough and I realized like my parents left at their whole life behind in order to find hopefully like a better, like easier life for us. And that kind of like had an impact on me as I was growing up and I was constantly trying to like overachieve more than I could. Um, totally. <laughs> but it also leads to some like, definite like problems when you get older <laughs> you're like um just being so hard on yourself yeah yeah but you know it's i think it's a good thing it's it's better to be i think overachiever and be um ambitious and like you know then like just kind of you know what i mean i i, I think it's a very positive thing yeah i think so too like being like it definitely taught me resilience yeah um and that's something that like not like it doesn't really just come like that. I think you definitely need some kind of cathartic event to kind of teach you how to become resilient. Yeah. Yeah. How is that? I mean, it's definitely much more um, open now in the industry. But how is that you starting off as an Asian model in the industry in the beginning? Because there weren't that many faces, to be honest. And and when they cast Asian models, they're not necessarily the good-looking ones. They're, it's like their stereotype of what Asian face is supposed to look like. And I always had an issue. Like, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I always, like, mention this. I'm like, why? Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's It's always, like, the very exotic look. For, and it, I think it's become a little bit more open. Yeah. But, you know, like when I want, was starting out to become a model, like I don't, I have quite big features and like I don't look that specific Asian doll face look. So it was really hard. And I had to kind of find a way because like I was pretty, like I started out when I was 22. So I was already like, I had developed kind of a sense of identity in myself and stuff already, but like I kind of had to find a way where I could mark, like almost market myself as something beyond just being like this face. Yeah. So, I mean, bleaching my hair was part of that whole process because I think when I bleached my hair, they were like, Oh, like she's like, she's edgy or she's like, you know, cause the industry like as as accepting and open as it can be it they do end up categorizing you often mm. because it is a very superficial and like job um yeah. so how you look is how they're gonna perceive who you are um and so like when i bleached my hair i think it kind of like opened up a different world to me like mm. or like I was the same. I always felt the same, but like people kind of perceive me differently. Yeah. So I was able to 
do certain jobs and like get to a certain place and you know um meet the right people who like met me and were like oh you're you're actually cool like i remember like when i i met Heider ackerman like on at, at, at an event somewhere and then we ended up becoming like friends because like certain like we just ran into each other a few times and then he he like had me walk in his show a few times and he was like oh i don't love like suju as a model i love her for who she is as a woman and i was like this is actually such a great compliment that's cool yeah because i think and the other thing is like as an asian as a minority it's really hard um you know like i i have i'm not really in the entertainment industry but like i still see it like we're we're always like the best friend or the supporting act yeah and it's really hard for us to have like that moment of recognition by ourselves um i know that things are changing like I, i've seen some cool like netflix movies um i forgot the name of but it's written by a korean american woman um and it's like a teen teenager movie but the main character is like a korean um half korean half caucasian girl okay I haven't seen that one, but I know you. Every boy I've loved before, or something like that. Okay, <laughs> it's cute. Like it's nice to have finally like an Asian protagonist, and like you know, like I think there's now like a few models that are doing really well and are able to um, continue that trajectory and not just be like a quick you know like a light a match and it burns out um because like i mean this the, the i the fact of being disposable as a model like it's in a like it's common for i think all races but it's like definitely like something i've seen between korean or like models in general like it's really hard also because of communication and cultural differences sometimes yeah yeah I, it's it's an interesting thing that you're like bringing up right now as like I think I can only speak from like a Korean American or Asian American context but I think in a way you know, in order to I mean I'm just mentioning America right now because it is the center of pop culture and uh, the leader in in the entertainment world and and I think the reason why there aren't that many Asian people in the scene yet I think also was there was a need for it but at the same time i feel like like not many asians in america was kind of how would i say it like for example if you look at like you know african americans it they were taken and they came to this country and obviously there was a lot of suffering so they kind of like took on music and different things to kind of like always expressing and voicing their opinions everything right yeah. but something about like asian americans like when i look at it we try so hard to kind of blend in and not cause like trouble or issues yeah, the model minorities yeah. yeah so we played that really well and i think that's part of that is that we weren't trying to like always come off strong like hey like why we're you know what i mean get really mad about it or get really um like just be out there about things so i think that kind of plays a role but i thank god for like k-pop and k-drama and everything that becoming much more accepted and getting more familiarized with like 
people all over the world. And now because they're getting more familiar, I think that kind of gives platform for Asians to come out more with confidence and, and not because they do that genre, but you know what I mean? It's good to kind of see more other Asians do and making it and, and, and it kind of like makes you feel more like, Hey, yeah. Like, see, we, we, we can do this too kind of thing. Yeah. No, I, I like the last decade, it's just changed so much. Yeah. And I'm really ha- like, I'm really lucky to be in the middle of like this whole change. Yeah. But, um, uh, definitely you as well trying still (laughs) yeah so how how can i ask you like how how the pandemic has been because you you design often in paris as well and you you also show ambush in paris right for you Uh, i do yeah i work in paris but it's mostly you know i'm i get a lot of things done remotely anyway okay so it in a way, it didn't really affect me in terms of like workflow because a lot of times, you know, I just do it. I go there to sample check or I go there to present things. But whatever that lease up to that point was done in Tokyo or when I'm like traveling around the world. So, yeah, just getting things done over the Zoom, just all that stuff was I was already kind of used to. <laughs> so I didn't have an issue about that. It's just that I love traveling and I it's sometimes quicker to just go there to get things done. And just the fact that I was just stuck here for months was a little bit, yeah. you know, um, like, you know, it's, it was just kind of a little bit frustrating to be honest. Cause I, I love moving. Like I'm Sagittarius, like my sun, moon rising, they're all Sag. Like, can you imagine? Like I need to move. Like that's me. <laughs> I'm always on the go. Like, Future, 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 next thing. So imagine triple sag being stuck in like one place. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only thing. Yeah. So have you been in Tokyo the whole time? Yeah. Cause I mean, it was just kind of weird that, you know, um, I do have a permanent residency here, but mm-hmm. the government was not making it clear whether we can come back in. We can leave. Yeah. But they were just like, you know, they, there's a lot of gray zone in Japan. So I didn't want to risk it. <laughs> Yeah, just in case. Like, if I leave and then they just kind of like, nope, turn around, go to US, then like, I don't know when I was going to be able to come back to Tokyo. So I was like, I can't risk this. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I was just in Paris, like, until end of October. Yeah. And I was actually going to stay there for a little bit um, and like, see if there's some jobs and stuff. And then they did the full lockdown. So then yeah. I come back. But, you know, like, I haven't been able to go to Asia at all this whole year. And that's been super weird to me because usually I end up visiting, like, Tokyo at least once in a while. And then, like, Korea, I go, like, four or five times a year at least. So it's just been, like, weird. And I feel a little bit sad because I feel that distance, like, that actual physical distance and the mental distance, like, and... um, yeah it kind of bums me out a little bit like even like um last week I was on FaceTime with uh some of my Korean friends and I couldn't speak like all of a sudden like my speech had become like really challenged and I realized like I have to practice speaking Korean more yeah yeah 
do you work often in Korea or do you just go there to play? Um, I usually end up like mixing it. So most of the time I'll go when there's a job and then I'll stay for like two weeks extra so I can see friends and like take care of stuff. And I don't know. Yeah. But um, this time it's been really difficult. Mm. Yeah. But Korea has been really amazing about not um, uh, having too many COVID numbers. That's good. Yeah. How's like Korea and fashion scene right now? Because <laughs> um, you know what I like about Korea from distance this is an observation from a distance. Because I don't get a, I don't get to go to Korea that often, but it's cool that they they use Korean models in their fashion magazines. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really like it. You know that. I respect that so much because in Japan, for some reason, they love like half or white people. So they use that. I don't see that many Japanese Japanese models in fashion magazines. There's talents that's different than like fashion models. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I always liked about Korean fashion magazines. I was like, oh, I can actually see models, like proper models. Yeah, and um, there's, I mean, there there's so many models. Yeah. Like that are so beautiful and tall. Like I know some of them aren't as tall, but that might be a lie. Um, <laughs> but like um, I love that they really do support all the actual like the Korean models. And like when you start, you know, working globally, like and you do like a few main jobs, like you definitely come back and have like. Uh, you work at a next level for sure and mm. like you know even covers for magazines like yeah. they end up like they shoot a lot of korean models um they they shoot a lot of korean celebrities like i think you know like magazine covers are really difficult because as korean models like we don't get as many opportunities but it's definitely like not that unheard of yeah yeah and like as far as like fashion designing, like designs and designers go, I, I um, last year I was um, like an ambassador person for Walmart, That's and they cool. had like the international Walmart prize, and they had a like a a runner up from Korea. That's cool. Yeah, I I, I know like LVMH usually has like their uh for their prize they yeah. you know i know that some korean brands have done that um but i it's it's sad because like i have I've, i feel so out of touch right now because <laughs> usually I, I would go at least once or twice and check out all these cool brands yeah. and like you know um meet a lot of them and stuff but like i have just really haven't been able to if you feel out of touch, I'm like some. It feels foreign to me. I need to go because it's so close. Yet, like, I feel like it's harder to go to Korea. It's only like two hours, but for some reason. But do you have to quarantine? Uh, right now I do. If I go, I need to come back and do fourteen days. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know, like, when COVID started, like, you know, everyone just had to fly home, and I know. 
a lot of the Korean models that I know, my friends, like they all ended up flying home within the first like month or so. Yeah. Um, so I haven't seen them in a while either. Um, yeah, so this pandemic's been weird. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it, to be honest. <laughs> Did you? I mean, okay, besides the frustration of not being able to travel, like, any time, like, when I feel like it, mm-hmm. I, I kind of appreciated kind of, like, being in one place and just kind of, like, calming down a little bit, too. Yeah. I think it's, like, it was kind of, like, a tug, like, pull and tug of, like, both emotions of, like, me, like, getting frustrated, but one moment I was just kind of, like, hey, like, Think about it. I'm not, like, we're not the only country. Like, everyone else is, like, at a stop. So this is, like, the only time you can actually, like, chill because the whole world's at a stop. You know what I mean? Which, if you think about it, it's quite crazy. So I was like, you know what? Like, let me just kind of go with the flow. Like, you know, sometimes it's like, because I'm such a, you know, I like to organize and do things and, like, always plan things ahead. So I, I had to kind of, like, calm down and get into that mode but once we got into that mode it was so liberating and then i was just like i feel like i've kind of like discovered different side of me so for that reason i think this year was kind of cool well we still have like a month to go (laughs) it's not done yet like a month and a half to go but um but definitely like i think i feel the same way because like i you know usually i don't spend like more than three weeks in one place yeah um for like 12 months except for like holidays um but it definitely gave me time to like do some self-reflection and kind of look back at like some of the some of some of the things because like I think the hardest thing for me was working as a model and you know and I, I made that into a primary focus and I didn't really have time to like make sure that everything was like like my personal self like mental wellness was really Mm -hmm. on that level and I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and at some point like when I stopped working I kind of got a little lost and I was like if I don't have this job like who am I Mm -hmm. I know who I am but like I don't feel like that validation So then I had to start like really like looking inward and like trying to realize like, I mean, from reading things and like doing things that I enjoy doing that I really didn't have time to do before. Like, um, I just kind of had to find like myself again. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But um, so what are you working on lately? Um, Right now, I'm... in the middle of doing the next collection, um, Autumn Winter 21. It's so funny, we always like, and then this month's gonna be really fun because like I have my Converse collab coming out. I have another big collab coming out, which is pretty major because it's a, the, the um, something that I've always wanted to work on and it finally happened. And then I have the Nike NBA collection coming out. It was so much fun the other day. We just shot the campaign on Saturday. I, and I just saw the photos. You look so flat. It, it was fun because like, usually the campaigns, we do it outside, but because of the situation, we had to like shoot everything in Tokyo. And 
and Nike wanted me to become the actual person in the campaign, which, you know, I don't like to do that because I feel like that's that and this is this, but we didn't really have much choice. So, you know, um, I just kind of went with it. So they had this fun idea of like me playing different roles. So it will come out soon, but it was kind of fun actually. And also the fact that it it has a sense of humor because, you know, you kind of like expect Nike to be more serious and like, you know, doing those things, but yeah, it was, it was actually fun. So that's so cool. I can't wait to see it. So wait, I didn't, I guess I've seen the Converse collab as well, but man, that's a lot of stuff on your plate. It's cool. I mean, it all kind of got like pushed back because, you know, because of the COVID obviously, because they were supposed to come out different times, but like somehow it's all got crammed to end of the year. So wow. Yeah. And you're still, you're, um, did you do, are you working on stuff for Dior own? Yeah. But that's usually just over mail and like WhatsApp and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I'm right now. I'm not really doing, <laughs> but yeah. I did just come back from Paris. So like, I just have to like unpack my shit and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually working on a couple of things. I actually, uh and working with this little uh this small brand called i love you so much and they um make these tabby sneakers and all like the the rubber sole is like 99 percent recycled and then the fabric upper is knitted and um like they usually use like vegan dyes like um it's all like silk so it's organic and it's biodegradable so we're working on like a collab stuff um there and then i actually have been you know like (laughs) like i've been thinking a lot about this but i think as korean women and korean asian like korean american women i have like realized that there's a lot of uh repression that we Mm. have to deal with and even if you are successful, even if you aren't, like, if you're young, like, I don't know when it happens, but, like, through development, I think, like, certain behaviors, like, manifest in different ways, and, like, I've been trying to do this, like, like, um, like, a group meetup with um, some of my friends, like, uh, uh, you know, Carol Lim from... Yeah opening ceremony and like my friend Angela who oh okay (laughs) uh Angela who's like a stylist for a magazine and like I'm just trying to gather like a lot of women and I I don't know it's not necessarily like just for Korean American women it's just like women in general like I just want to have everyone come together and like share their stories and like just have like a space where you can be as vulnerable and open but because there's certain things that I feel strongly that are because of our background or like the way we were raised or our cultural um, background for sure like I just wanted to start like doing like it wouldn't be like an outreach but you know a program like that what what do you feel most like like um well i don't know if frustration is the right word but like what do you what what bothers you i think it it was a little bit of what we talked about like um as women in general you're not 
you're like taught not to like speak out too much and like I think also as a minority and, yeah. and for me like as a 1.5 generation immigrant like I like repressed a lot of my feelings and then now that I'm getting older I have a difficult time communicating when there's like problems or like saying no and yeah. things like that and I notice that there's some like I, I've talked to a lot of women about this and like they seem to have this thing as well do you do you have that at all I feel like I you're a different <laughs> I think a lot of people hate me on whatsapp at work no I mean like I did care but then there at some point it's not about my reputation or how I come off to another person for me it's objective i need to get shit done so like i'm not going to be nice about it you know what i mean because it, like it's more when it comes to work it's more goal oriented and i'm in a place of responsibility if that doesn't happen it falls on all of you so like i i mean so I, like i just kind of focus on those things and i i just kind of like I don't know. I, I guess I'm a little bit different because I've always been kind of very like straightforward in terms of my personality. I don't really hold back that much, but I do relate to you in terms of way that, you know, when a woman comes off as very clear, very di uh, directional, like they just think we're being emotional. That's what I have issues about. Mm. Rather than, okay, she knows what she's doing and we must listen. Like, I, that's something that I, like, kind of face. I, so it's not so much, like, Asian women, but it's just general women issue, I think, at work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, definitely, like, sometimes I just feel like I'm not being heard. Mm. Even if I am being heard, I'm just, like, I don't know. Something about it, like, and it's, and it comes out in bursts of, like, just it just blows up yeah and it's not healthy to do that so I've been you know I've been going to therapy about for it and stuff but I do I did realize when I was doing a lot of work on it that it was a little bit of the developmental issue uh, um and I mean that's cool that you have people you can speak to around you in New York and I think that's such a good city because like there's so many, you know, and there's a lot of Koreans and also, you know, people from all walks of life. Yeah. You know, Tokyo is like a country of one race. So I do feel a little bit lonely sometimes because being a foreign woman, um, although I lived here for like over a decade now, but, and also there aren't that many women working in the industry doing what I'm doing. Yeah. So it's, you know, most time it's like mostly men. And I can talk to them, but it's not the same issues that I'm going through too. So, yeah, I mean, it's not the easiest, just kind of like sometimes when I want to talk to someone, there aren't that many people I can speak to, but I mean, it's cool. Like, I, I think it's cool that you're like gathering people. You can kind of like have this conversation and sometimes it's good to talk for the sake of talk. And then everyone just kind of like, um, releasing it in that way. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, you know, things like that. And then I'm also um, investing in like a biodegradable laundry detergent. That's cool. But you know, I, it all came about because like my friend was work, starting to develop this product with like a uh, expert 
uh, chemists to find a formula that is the most environmentally friendly. And then from like, from the moment it's created to when it's like shipped out in like biodegradable um, things and like metal aluminum cans instead of plastic and things like that. Um, it just like kind of struck a chord with me because I like as much as I love fashion and I love like seeing the new things, I I have a really soft spot like for the things I already own or like things are gifted to me as well. Like I always try to like give them a, as good of a life as possible. And like, you know, I also love vintage and things like, and uh, obviously like environment and ecologically friendly uh, ways are on, and, and like should be on everyone's top agenda. So yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, because for a while, I really wanted to create something or like be like participating in a, in a, like outside beyond being a model. And I was like, oh, maybe like I can do a line of like small collection of jewelry or like merch or something. And then I was like, there's already so many amazing creative people doing everything. And there's so much overconsumption and overproduction that um i'll leave that up to like the actual talented creatives at least for now but like cool. i just got like it, like i'm just trying to find ways where i can still like be in that part of fashion or that industry of like clothing and textiles and stuff but like um be in in in, in a different aspect I guess yeah. yeah I mean I definitely I think we need to be more responsible I think all of a sudden not as someone who do make and pump a lot of stuff out in the world like not everything could be done in a perfect way but then yeah. little steps add up to big steps later on so yeah. you know it's just little by little little decisions we make like um hopefully you know we can like become a brand that that we can kind of kind of contribute to this whole like you know for the positive like you know change you know yeah i mean so like i do look into materials like that so i think the more people develop these things i think it'll be easier for people like us to get access to it and then use it because right now they aren't i mean they are in japan but it's not as like widely available and the price tends to be a little bit higher than just the you know regular materials yeah. that we can get hands on and at the end of the day it's like, it all comes down to pricing too because like we can't keep using expensive things and just keep raising price so there's all these issues that comes with like current situation but but for like the most simple things we can do is like you know we i i've cut pet bottle use at the office so like you know it's no one uses pet bottle we don't give out pet bottles whatsoever everyone i get like you know reusable tumbler like swell and everybody to everyone's desk so they can just you know what i mean things like that you know cut down like plastic use in every possible way so packaging we're trying to think of way to like use paper wrapping instead of like plastic and things like that so yeah, yeah it's a little steps we're doing <laughs> yeah no that's amazing yeah. Um, and are you DJing? 
I guess. No. I don't know why people put DJ after my name. And it was quite annoyed. I was like so annoyed for years because like, I, you know, like you, we've been into parties together. If they ask, I'll just jump on and then I'll just kind of stick my USB in there and pretend like I'm DJing. I'm not a DJ. Like, I'm just kind of like, I, 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 it's more like a, like my iTunes playlist, like push button type of person. So. Oh no, you're being, come on, you're good. No, like seriously. I was like, don't, don't like, you'll be an insult to any, all living DJs in the world. I'm like, please stop. Like I was never seriously, like never came out as like calling myself DJ. It's just so funny how people like write up people's profile or they kind of like, oh, what was the other one that was like attached to my name? Blogger. I've never blogged in my life. I was like, what in the world? It's just funny. It's just funny. I like, I just, whatever. I'm just kind of looking forward to another new title that's going to be attached. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't call myself a DJ either in that sense. You're good though. You actually have like techniques and you know what you're doing. Like, oh. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like I kind of, have to i it's something i really enjoyed doing anyway but it was like something that kind of presented itself to me and i was like oh yeah shit i'll try it and then it just became a thing um for a minute but what are you listening to lately do you have anything you're listening to lately um a lot of spotify just kind of randomly let it play Mm -hmm. um and then i just kind of like stumble into like really good playlists put together by random people of like old sampling songs like you know 60s and 70s like rock to like you know just like top 40 like hip-hop to i i don't know i just kind of like let it go and i just kind of like i don't just pick and choose but another thing i'm really into is like binary beats on youtube (laughs) play it's like so they play music in a certain um frequency mm-hmm. and they have like mixes of this like like thousands of mix of this on youtube so it, it's supposed to kind of like cleanse your mind and help you like like brain achieve certain brain wave to like study better or work better so i played a lot at office actually <laughs> one time i was like really into beach so- what like music or is it like just noise uh, it's kind of like, like it is a music, but they, okay. it's a certain tone that's like repeating. So your brain kind of gets into a certain like, like mode. You know what I mean? You feel like in a trance almost kind of state. It's really cool. I think it helps. Nice. One time I was like, I always meet, like I was, I love beach and I, I, you know, I didn't get to really go to um, a lot of places this year. So I was playing a lot of the, the pre-recorded ocean sounds and things like that on YouTube at work but some people complain they sound like someone's having a long pee so I just stop I was listening to ocean sounds and like jungle sounds yeah like jungle forest noises yeah I love them so good yeah and then um, I also listen to like a lot of Tibetan gong music Mm. Uh, it's probably like something like oral binary beats kind of that yeah yeah exactly it's like it's similar stuff it's cool yeah and I, I don't know I haven't been listening to too many new music but uh the new 21 Savage is good yeah that was good I guess Ariana Grande has a new album but 
I haven't really listened to it yet. <laughs> I don't really know what's going on in this like music world. That's I just, I just kind of like whatever recommended thrown in my face, kind of listen to it. But I, I know like it's not the most like you know popular things to say when that, but I don't really care because I like what I like. But I I love like Doja Cat right now. I think she's hilarious. Have you seen her Instagram live? No, I take it like I it's just like, she's so goofy, and it's kind of cool to see female artists like who are so talented actually, but don't take she's themselves special. so seriously, yeah. yeah. And that's what I like about her, and it was quite refreshing that she's like you know having so much fun, and then her Instagrams are like so stupid, like in a fun way, yeah. and you know, I it's good to see like you know women artists like that out there like not always so like serious 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 i'm perfect kind of thing right oh yeah. i'm gonna check it out for sure um and then hopefully i'm i'm actually trying to work on some music like recording some stuff so we'll see i'm supposed to go in december to la and work with my friends Cool. Uh, there's this one song from this uh it's like from the 60s like psychedelic korean rock um from this woman called kim jong mi okay and, like she has a she has an album i think it's called your dream or something like that like dream mm. or something and um i remember listening to it like when i was younger like i think my parents might might have listened to it and like um it, it, I think you know like in movies or something I don't know but like somehow Spotify like recommended the song to me because I was so listening cool. to a yeah. bunch of weird psychedelic rock from the 70s and um international music and um I was like oh my god this is like I remember this song um and so I'm hopefully gonna do a cover of it that's cool yeah uh, a lot of old Korean songs are quite soulful. Yeah, it's really good. They really like talk about pain and like, you know, like they know how to express those things. So yeah, yeah like older songs have, have more emotions to them, I feel like. Yeah, um, I think they all have high yeah. <laughs> rage, we call it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like there's, there's like this pain. I, like yeah. I feel that pain too when I listen to it. It's probably that generation <laughs> yeah. after Korean War and like all that stuff. So they they're just like really yeah. expressing it. And I mean that's what I mean by going back to being Asian American. I just feel like maybe we don't have enough anger. I don't know. Like I mean, not I'm sure everyone goes through different things, but for some reason like we tend to just kind of like put it in rather than just kind of like hey, like yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, I think it's it's not healthy mm. ultimately. I think there's also because you know certain things like um, social cues like nunchi, like you grow up like learning that it's po like you're being polite by suppressing your emotions. Yeah. Certain things that are not pleasant to show, um, it ends up like backfiring. Mm. I agree. Yeah. So I'm working on that too. <laughs> Uh, it was so good talking to you like yeah, and good to see you too i was um, like just like 
you have like the best bone structure seriously i was keep looking and thinking like this is why you're like one of the top models seriously no. i'm so glad that you are too because like good. like i said like we need we have so many beautiful asian faces and i'm glad that you're one of the rep like one of the first ones actually to represent like asian women you know i because weren't you the first one doing l'oreal as well yeah I yeah would. like i remember i was like so proud of you when i saw that i was like yes like finally i can see asian face when i walk into like <laughs> drugstores you know that's so cool yeah so i mean that's it's just been kind of a dream but i think it's also like uh, a testament to how the world is moving like you know we need to become inclusive and we need to become global it's not about being insulated like we we all have to be accepting each other for wh what we are and also like raising each other yeah so, absolutely yeah and yeah i i agree with you it's not just about us being korean or and I, another thing that i you know i've kind of noticed that i wish asians would become better with is just we tend to be like koreans over there japanese over there chinese over there but unless we all come together and just kind of like embrace us ourselves being asians like that's how we're going to be taken seriously i think you know yeah. what i mean not just kind of like here you stay this kind of thing so I, I hope i'm hoping that you know that we all can just kind of like put certain things aside and then in next generation of kids like they can all kind of like come together and and really like i mean it's already the the things are shifting more to the east right now you feel it with economic power and everything but i think the next step is um becoming the cultural power not just consuming you know what i mean that's that's what i would like to see i, mean, I think we're going there for sure yeah. and like especially with k-pop and stuff like i i mean it's crazy like i don't even like my friends tell me about it you know <laughs> like they're like oh did you watch the new bts music video i'm like no but we need like hundreds of bts that's this yeah. is start you know that's just and also we need like one a country to become the the hub of that i mean korea is doing it but like like that's the thing about us is like they the, it's a history of it years of building that and that's why like hollywood all the systems there and i'm hoping that one of the asian countries will become that that you know not just output, but it's become the, the power hub where they can keep generating these things. Because at the end of the day, it's not just like things, what's floating in like in the, the stream world or like invisible, like what, you know what I mean? WW web space, but it's actual like the finance power that we need to become yeah. a true cultural power. So I'm excited, like what's happening right now and how everything's like, you know, shifting this way. And in so many young Asian, you know, people are coming up and try, now they're kind of like feeling, starting to feel more comfortable about themselves and like, you know, expressing themselves and things like that. So yeah, hopefully like they'll just get better and stronger and then we can just sit back and watch them in a few years. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Cool. All right. So good to see you. See you too. Beautiful. Thank you. I can't wait to see you in person. Yeah. It was like last time, like in New York, right? February, yeah. the Nike yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh. Uh, wait, that was this year. Okay. Yeah. 
but yeah like right that, before everything happened yeah oh. yeah well thank you so much uh for your time both of you it was a pleasure for me <laughs> thank you thank you so much i hope you have a good day where i put myself <laughs> okay you're like time to go to bed <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm ready i'm ready for it yeah what time is it there like four no it's one it's 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 okay, oh, okay. yeah <laughs> it was four i would be like <laughs> but all good all good cool. thank you so much yeah. thank you thank you it was amazing and i have to say korea is amazing so okay yes korea <laughs> good night <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Don't want to miss an episode of the Oda podcast? All you have to do is download our app in the Apple Store or visit Oda's Spotify account. Then every new episode will drop into your feed automatically. And don't forget to leave a review and tell your friends about the new Oda podcast.